the great favor of the Lord. I want to share with you what it is to be a captive because Israel was taken captive into Babylon. And the word captive means one who is forcibly confined. One that's subjugated or enslaved, restrained by circumstances that prevent free choice. Can you imagine Daniel and his buddies and so many of Israel were taken into Babylon as captives? Keep in mind that definition and hopefully they can get it up on the screen because we prepared that so you can write it down. There it is. It's one who is forcibly confined and subjugated or enslaved or restrained by circumstances that prevent free choice. In other words, there are times in our life where the enemy will try to forcibly constrain us and restrict us from making free choices. That's what captivity is all about. And God's not called us to be captives. God's called us to be captains. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what happened to Daniel. Look at it with me in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 9. Follow along in the word of God. I believe this is a pathway to victory and breakthrough for you today. He said, now God had brought Daniel into favor. Let's read that together. Now God has brought Daniel into favor. See, I just want to read that part of it because God will bring you into favor. Into favor. But only God can do that. And so Daniel was a captive. Remember the definition of captive? One who's forcefully confined, subjugated, or enslaved. And God said, you know what? You've been enslaved. You've been confined. You've been subjugated. But you know what? I'm going to make you a captain. How did he do it? Because he brought Daniel into favor. And when Daniel walked into favor, his captivity turned and he became the captain of his life. Well, what's it mean to be a captain? It means one who commands, leads, or guides others. Can you imagine this? Going into a powerful nation as a slave, as one who is forcibly constrained, and suddenly favor turned it around, where he now is commanding, where he now is leading, and where he now is guiding others? I've got a word for you today. If you've been enslaved by sin, or bondage, or by addiction, or by your past, or by generational curses. I don't care what it is, poverty, you won't stay there long. Because when you walk into favor, you become a captain. You become a commander. You become the one that guides others. That's where God wants us to be. And it's through the favor of the Lord. You say, well, pastor, that sounds great, but how do I know that it's time for favor? How do I know that? Look at Psalm 102, verses 13 to 14. Psalm 102, verses 13 to 14. He said, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Somebody say with me, it's time. See, the Bible said the time for favor has come. You know what it's like when the time... To go to work has come. You know what it means when it's time to go to church? Very little to many, but you know what I'm saying. It means.
means you've got to make a change. And the set time for favor has come. For your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. I believe there is access to the covenant of favor that you and I can walk in today. Now, I preached the first part of this message last week. I wish I could bring Sharice over here from the east location. She heard that message about making the kingdom of God her addiction and sowing seeds of favor. She left church that afternoon and began to initiate what she heard. On Monday morning, little did she know, she was called into the office along with her entire department. And they were informed that they were going to close the department and lose their jobs. They left that meeting as employees would do. They began to talk about what they're going to do, what's going to happen. Cherise said, you know what? I refuse to get in on that mess because I knew the set time for my favor had come. I knew that I was addicted to the kingdom of God and that I favored the stones and dusts of Israel. And I also have sown seeds of favor. And therefore, I am distinguished among other employees. I'm not kidding you. This is her testimony. She said one by one, they kept calling the employees in. And they would whittle them down to just a few left. They all would come out of the office, sad, countenance fallen, With their pink slip, they were let go. And everybody who remained considered themselves to be in the same lot except Cerise. She kept saying the set time for favor has come. I'm distinguished among women. God preserves me in times of trouble. It doesn't matter what it looks like because I have a covenant of favor. Honest truth. She walked in there. Her boss sat her down and said, Cerise, I don't know if you uh, are going to believe this or not. But we've looked over your file and your work performance, and we're not going to let you go. And Cherie said inside, you know, I knew they weren't going to let me go. But they said this, not only are we not letting you go, we're going to put you in another department and give you a promotion. And by the way, you're getting an increase in pay. That's honest to God truth. Isn't that a tremendous story? Woo! Say with me, the time for favor has come. See, you and I need to have a conscious awareness that what time we're living in. See, when we have that and begin to operate in it and refuse to get in with the, the doomsayers and those, that crowd that says we're not going to make it and that we can't break through and we're not going over the top. Listen, I don't care what it looks like. You might have lost your home. You might have already left Jerusalem. You might already be taken into captivity into Babylon. But it doesn't mean that favor is not going to come to your house. Because God brought Daniel into favor while he was in Babylon. He was in captivity and God brought him into favor with canceled out captivity and made him a captain. I can hardly wait to get over the east side today because I want Sharice to testify right in the middle of my sermon. We said last week there's a couple of things that we need to do to access this covenant of favor. Number one, we said we need to become addicted to the kingdom of God. And then secondly, sow seeds of favor. Well, how do we become addicted to the kingdom of God? The Bible said in Psalm 102, verse 14, that... He said, the set time for favors come because your servants for. The word for means because. 
The set time of favor has come. Why? For, F-O-R, which means because. So think about it with me. God said, your set time for favor has come. Why is it that some people are walking in favor and some people who are sitting right next to them are not? The key to that answer, to that question, rather, is in Psalm 102. Here's what it reads. He said, because your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. They became so addicted to God's kingdom that they were always focused on the hopeless and on the helpless. See, favor will come to your life when you make people your priority. When you begin to lend a helping hand, when you begin to come and say, I'm going to stand with this ministry. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to get a little kingdom builder's box. And if all I put in is 75 cents over the next month, I'm going to participate. Now, I'm helping some of you get out of captivity if you'll only listen. You see, God's telling us if we become addicted to what He loves, He loves those that are down and out, those that are on the dust, those that are the stone, those that are trodden underneath the feet of man. When you and I get that passion for that level of society, He said that time for favor has come. You see, what the devil likes to do is take our love for God and mix it up. Add a little stuff to it. You know, a little bitterness, a little unforgiveness, a little anger. You see, Joseph realized his purpose in life, regardless of what happened to him, was for the posterity of Israel. You and I have got to begin to get a bigger vision that our lives, there's more to our lives than just us. Our lives are connected to the whole. Therefore, God, no matter what I'm going through, must be going to turn this thing around because I know that His purposes have got to be established through me. So therefore, I'll refuse, even if I've been betrayed, even if I've been sold as a slave, even if I've been lied on, cheated on, it doesn't really matter because you know what? I refuse to allow bitterness inside my heart with my love for God. In other words, Joseph had an unalloyed love for Jesus. And every time he was in a pit, he came out. Every time he was in a prison, he came to the top and ultimately took his residence as a captain. We've got to guard ourselves against unforgiveness. This week was an unusual week. We had a tremendous meeting Wednesday night. Then Thursday night, a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Have you missed that? What a great meeting. The message was unusual things that God was going to do. Uncommon things and unexpected things. At the end, the worship team got into a different zone. Suddenly all of us were on our face before the Lord and Jesus himself was laying hands upon the people. It was a powerful moment. See, I believe that we're in a new time and a new season. When you and I become addicted to the kingdom of God, when we don't allow mixtures into our life, keep our hearts pure, God's going to raise us up. I can't afford to be mad at you. And so this week, out of the blue, I got a message from our office that a gentleman that used to attend this church years ago called up and asked for my forgiveness. Now, I don't even remember his name. I don't even remember his face. And I sure don't remember his letter. 
I get a lot of letters over the years that chastised me and straightened me out and, you know, rebuked me. And I just file them in that big old file, number 13. So it's hard to remember. But bless his, you know, bless his soul. If he had to, you know, get things right, he called and said, my name is such and such. And I need to tell pastor that I'm sorry. I apologize for that prophecy I gave him that rebuked him. It wasn't of God. I was wrong. I said, well, God bless him. The same week, get another call. I think it was a woman this time. I just want Pastor Cayetan to forgive me because I would talk about him behind his back. After I left the church, I dogged him out left and right. And I can't stand it anymore. I've got to ask him to forgive me. I said, sister, I wish I could, but I don't even know who you are. I don't remember your face. I sure don't remember your name. But thank God. Why? Because they're getting stuff out of their heart. So why? So they can have favor. You can't walk in favor with ugly in you. Look at somebody say, get the ugly out. Look back at him and say, you're looking better already. <laughs> you see, our mission is Luke chapter 6 and 31. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. In other words, we're going to sow seeds of favor to people. Because Psalm 102 said, shows favor to her dust. God wants us to show favor to the least of these. And when we do it, we do it unto Him, don't we? That's what Matthew 25 says. That's why you need to look for an opportunity this week to be a blessing to somebody that you don't benefit from. It's nice to be a, benefit, a blessing to your boss because you might benefit with a raise. Don't, don't go there unless the Holy Spirit tells you to do it. Why don't you find somebody you don't even know? Why don't you go somewhere that nobody would even understand who you are and why don't you sow a favor seed? Whatever that might be. Because God said when you do that, you will come in to uncommon favor. But I want to share with us today two more simple additions, two more simple activation points on how to get favor operating in our life. Do you want two more or just one? Two. two. It's 11.03. I can try to give you one. Or maybe in one and a half. Let's go for it. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let's read this scripture together. Are you ready? Read it. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What kind of activation point does this scripture lend itself to? It's actually talking about prayer, isn't it? It's talking about coming into the throne of grace boldly through the blood of the Lamb. Amen? So you see, when we come in prayer, not just religious prayer, but I'm talking about coming in prayer to the throne of grace. You know what that means? That means grace is sitting on the throne. That gives me a different picture. Because when I come into prayer, I come to the throne of grace, I see grace all over the throne of God. And I see the hand of God extended. True prayer, you might want to write this down. True prayer is an approach of the soul by the Spirit of God to the throne of God. 
It is an approach of the soul by the Spirit of God toward the throne of God. Charles Spurgeon once said these words. Hopefully we have it up on the screen. True prayer is not a mere mental exercise, nor a vocal performance. It is spiritual commerce with the Creator. Now, you could preach a whole series on that one statement. It's not a mere mental exercise or a vocal performance. I love that. It is a spiritual commerce with the Creator. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. It is a throne of grace. Then all the wants of those who come to it will be supplied. It is here that long-standing hardship ceases. That's a word that I received this week. Long-standing hardship is ceasing. Now, some of you are thinking you're still in it, and yours hasn't ceased. But let me just let me encourage you. The engines have been turned off. What does that mean? If you've ever been out to sea on a ship, and like me, I was on a helicopter carrier over 600 feet long, over 3,000 sailors upon that ship, all the equipment, if you shut it down, that thing will drift for a number of miles. But it is no longer making progress or headway. It now is slowing down and coming to a stop. And you see, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to shut the engines down upon God's people who are walking in these additions of their faith for grace, the throne of God, and that are loving the kingdom of God, and that are sowing seeds of favor, I believe that the engines are going to be shut down, and you are coming to a stop. You are in that process of long-standing hardship, and it's going to cease. You see, Exodus 3 and verse 7 says this, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. You know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, You know, Israel still had to make bricks the next day. Israel still had to be under the heavy hand of the taskmaster even after I acknowledged their burdens. But the end was in sight. They didn't know the end was in sight, but I already saw the end. I already sent a deliverer. I already put an end to that captivity in Egypt, and I was going to release them. They didn't know that it was about to happen suddenly. They didn't know that it was going to be overnight when the Passover came and the, and the death angel would pass over. They didn't know they were going to come out in great power. Let me just encourage you this morning that some of us in this room, I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the ceasing of my hardships and for those long-standing struggles. I'm believing that God has already spoken it and it's just a matter of time before this thing ends thank you Lord verse chronicles chapter 4 and verse 40 now everybody knows about the prayer of Jabez but nobody knew about Jabez's life before he prayed Jabez was in poverty Jabez was a mess Jabez was the least Jabez had nothing going on 
So Jabez said, shoot, I might as well go to the throne of grace. And you know Jabez's prayer, right? He called on the God of Israel and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. God granted him what he requested. When's the last time you came to the throne of grace? No, 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 not a mental exercise of prayer, not a vocal performance. I said, when's the last time you came to the throne of grace? And there thrusted your soul upon the mercy seat of God by the Spirit of God and encountered grace sitting upon the throne. You see, I believe that favor is our heritage. Psalm 5 and 12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor you will surround him as with a shield. You know, I've got to believe that when I rise in the morning or sleep throughout the night, not only do I have angels posted around me, but you know what? Because I'm addicted to the kingdom of God, I love dust and stones. Because I've so favor seeds, according to Luke 6.31, and because I believe that the throne of grace is a place I need to go to, I believe that I'm surrounded like a shield with favor. If you've ever seen those that would battle in Bible times, their shields were often the size of their entire frame. And they would hold a spear or a sword in one hand and the shield in the other. And it was easy for them if they had to with an onslaught of arrow or onslaught of an enemy that they would put their shields up and bend down beneath them and and create a fortress. And with that in mind, think of this. God said that when you walk in favor, you're like a man or like a woman who has an entire regiment that has encircled you and their shields are covering you. And you are right in the middle of it. And no matter what weapon the enemy forms, no matter how strong the fiery dart, no matter what kind of strategy hell is put together, it will not penetrate the shield of favor. They might want to close down the department. They might want to move the business out of state. They might want to do this or that. But listen, because you're distinguished among people, because the Lord preserves you in times of trouble, because you are unique, because God has His hand on you and your set time of favor has come, when the company moves, they might just move you right with them because they know they can't do without you. Because you're favored. Come on, just lift your hand up and say, Thank you, Lord, for your favor. Thank you, Lord, for your favor. I just want to declare over this church, get ready. Get ready for strange doors to begin opening for you. As a matter of fact, if that resonates in your spirit, stand up right now because I feel the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that there are going to be strange doors opening up for those that are standing right now because they feel the witness of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God is present and they're surrounded like a shield of favor and they are about to go through and have miracle jobs, miracle promotions, miracle marriages, miracle everything in their life increase because they are favored. In Jesus' name. Give somebody a high five. Give somebody a high five and you can be seated. Hallelujah. 
Wow, I felt the Holy Spirit on that one. That was like a whoopee. That was a good one. Number two, or actually number four, the fourth way to activate the favor of God. First way was get addicted to the kingdom. Second way was what? Sowing seeds of favor. The third, prayer or going into the throne of grace. Number four, I haven't given it to you yet, have I? Number four, release gratefulness. That has to come out of you. Thankful people are favored people. Psalm 67, verse 5 to 6. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Good. That's just a little praise going on. He said, let the people praise you. Well, I'll just go ahead and let you praise him if you want to. <laughs> I'm going to let you do it. You want to do it? Go ahead and do it. Let the people praise you. <laughs> Woo. That's awesome, isn't it? Now watch this. He said, when you let the people praise him, when you let the people praise him, then, everybody say then, yeah. the, earth the earth shall, shall yield. yield. Is it up there? Shall yield what? Okay, watch this. The earth possesses increase. Now let me break it down even further. The ground you're standing on possesses increase. The job you hold possesses increase. The business you run possesses increase. The key is to get that business, that ground, that job to yield it. See... I could have a $100 bill in my pocket and one of my children need $100. But I've got to yield it in order for them to get it. So the increase is already in the relationship. But they've got to somehow get me to yield it in order for them to experience it. And God said, all right, here's what you do. Here's all you've got to do. Let the people praise me. And when they praise me, the earth, your natural world, will begin to yield increase towards you. Now, I don't want you to think it's just a hallelujah or a clapping of the hands or a shout. Because your life as a praise can be when you fulfill your call. So if you're a mother with a couple of children and you're over there washing the dishes after supper and cleaning up the floor and putting everything back together, God said, that's praising me. So don't think you have to have a tambourine in your hand, although that's good. 
You see, favor begets favor. Say this with me. Favor produces more favor. Yeah, it does. And I see that in the Word of God with the story of the ten lepers. You remember that story? The Bible tells us in Luke 17 that he entered a certain village. Ten men who were lepers stood far off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And we find that they were all healed. They were all cleansed. But one of them, how many would say that if you had leprosy and you cried out, and you acknowledged him as the son of David, and you got healed, how many would say that's favor? I would say that's favor, because I've seen people with leprosy, and doggone it, that's favor. So they had favor. But nine of them were happy with favor. One of them wanted more favor. So he said, hmm. When I cried out and said, Son of David, acknowledge who he was in my life. Have mercy on me because only God can give mercy. And it caught the attention of him and favor was released and I got healed. I'm going back. So he went back, but this time he got down and he said, Lord, I want to thank you. (laughs) That's all he said. I want to thank you. And Jesus said, weren't there not nine? And weren't there not ten? And only one has come back to say thank you? But according to the word of God, let the people praise you. Let the people thank you. Let the people acknowledge you. Then the earth will yield its increase. So then the Bible says to that one leper, not only was he healed, but the Bible says he was then made whole. So wholeness came to him as a result of increase that came when he released his thankfulness. Now, if it's true favor begat favor because of thankfulness, then ingratitude will block favor. Ooh, I'm I'm treading on some real thin ice right now because we in America don't even know we're unthankful. We feel entitled. We expect water to come out of the spigot every day. You better thank God you got water in your house. How many flushed their toilet this morning? Let me see your hand. Come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. Where'd all that stuff go? You better thank God it went down. Woo! It went down. And I didn't have to go outside to do it. We got to be careful now because... We can become an unthankful people without even knowing it, which will block favor. Let me give you an illustration. Go to Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 23, the Bible says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold, and his wife and children, all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. I'll pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat. Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. But he would not. But went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. 
So when his fellow servants saw that what had been done, they were very grieved, and they came and told their master all that had been done. And the master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Favor came to his life, and favor was pulled from his life. And the only reason why he lost favor is because he wasn't sowing favor. Because a man that is thankful for the forgiveness of his own sin will never condemn another for their sin. And in the church, I'm sorry to say, we got all these spiritually righteous Christians, you know. And you ain't walking in favor. You don't even know what favor is because you're unthankful over the fact that your sins have been forgiven and all you do is judge everybody else. All you do is look at all the faults of the church and the faults of other people and the faults of the singers and the faults of the leaders and the faults of everybody. And God said, all right, that's enough. No more favor. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be thankful for my stuff. Thankful for shoes and socks. I'm thankful for a house to sleep in and a bed to warm up in. I'm thankful for friends. I'm thankful for a church. I'm thankful for my Bible. I'm thankful for prayer. I'm thankful for the worship this morning. I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm standing upright. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful that I can see you with my eyes. <laughs> oh, I'm thankful today. <laughs> Help me, Jesus, or I'll just go crazy right there. Let me say this. Ingratitude is the bait of misfortune. If you want to catch misfortune, bait your hook with the worm of ingratitude. You know, I don't know much about fishing, but you have to use bait. I've tried hot dogs, I've tried white bread rolled up and made in little balls and put it on the end of the thing, you know. But when you want to catch certain kind of fish, you can't give them certain kind. You have to get the right bait. And some of us are wondering why we got all this trouble. How is it I've got so much misfortune in my life? Well, you fished it in the pond. With the wrong bait. Ingratitude will land you a big one. You see, I cannot afford to be unthankful. And even though there are times in my life, like this morning with technical problems, I'm still thankful that there's images on the screen. Am I disappointed? Sure. But I've got to stay thankful in my disappointment. Would you feel sometimes you're let down? Or you feel like there's times when you, you feel like, oh man, it, people betrayed you or walked out on you. But you know what? You've got to stay thankful in those times. You can't mix unthankfulness with your love for God and still walk in faith. I have to ask myself this morning, where might I be blocking the avenue of favor? Lord, is it because I'm unthankful? 
Is it because I don't pray apart from mental exercise and vocal performance? Is it because I don't sow favor seeds in the lives of others? It's always about me. Is it because I'm not addicted to your kingdom? See, I've got to make an assessment because I can't afford not to walk in favor. Because how many know that trouble has come to the earth? Holy Spirit showed me something this morning. They were showing on the news early on, about 6 a.m., they were showing on the news the pandemic of this H1N1 flu, swine flu. And they were showing back in 1918 of the hundreds of thousands of people that died in America from another pandemic, the flu symptom. And they were showing how it spread city to city, 10,000, 100,000, 50,000 people dying. It showed how it went from one country to another country. Australia lit up on the map. Then Europe, England, South Africa. I mean, just all over the world, this thing spread. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. And he said this. He said, don't be fearful of the pandemic of sickness, but be prayerful for the pandemic of favor. I said, wait a minute, God, this is crazy. They're talking about sickness and people dying. He goes, no, no, no. I'm going to do the very same thing with favor that they're showing you on the screens. It's going to begin spreading when people begin to operate in it. It's going to go from one church and one city to another city and to another part of the region of the country to another country. And before you know it, the world is going to have to take notice that the set time for the favor of God has come. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on the beginning of something so great that eyes have never seen it and ears have never heard it. But be careful now. Because they then reported this. The United States of America has just received 20 million, uh, what do you call them? Uh, yeah, shots. What, uh, vaccines. 20 million uh, vaccinations. But the experts said every American would have to have uh, the, the immunization at least three times, which would mean you'd have to have a minimum of 600 million. He said they would never have enough. America will never have enough. And the Lord spoke to me and said, tell the people to stop immunizing themselves from the Holy Ghost. You're almost afraid to get it. Show me the people up there on the face, you know, they're walking around with this stuff, they had gloves on out in public, and they got... He said, that's kind of like what my people have done. I'm trying to move by the Spirit, and they're covering up, and they don't want to breathe in my glory. They, they don't want to touch the hem of my garment. They're, they're afraid they might get infected with favor. Come on, church. I'm telling you this morning, this is a set time. Set time for what? Exemption from trouble. Like Noah. A set time for what? Distinguished among other people, like Mary. A set time for what? That God wants to attack lack. He wants to attack lack. I believe that this morning. He wants to attack lack. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to obtain my access to a covenant of favor. I'm going to be grateful and thankful 
for what God's given. How many are really, and I, I know this is a loaded question, but how many are really thankful that God has given you a facility you could drive to with your family and worship? I'm thankful. Man. I, I am thankful. And if you could put that up on the screen, I, I don't know what happened this month, but this is the largest electric bill we've ever received in the history of this ministry. This is just this building, not number four, not number two, not number one, just this building. I don't know what you'd do if you'd got a bill for $4,119. Come on, somebody shout favor. favor. So the Lord showed me something. He said, get 200 people, give 20 bucks. There it is. Say it with me. There it is. There it is. 40 people giving $100. There it is. Come on, it's easy. And so I said, you know what, God? I'm going to give the people an opportunity to be thankful this morning. And so let's pay this bill. You want to do it? All right, let's do it. I, I think we ought to pay it this morning. And take the pressure off of the ministry. Because let me tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. And I am not stretching it. We do not have the money to pay this. So what does that mean, Pastor? I don't know. What happens when you don't pay your electric bill? I guess they take the electricity back. I don't know. So, so I, I just want us to give an opportunity to bless the house of God. Because I am thankful for my church. Every time I drive on this campus, I'm grateful what God has done. So let's be a blessing to the house of God. You know, it's not, a, it's not a mission somewhere in Africa. It's not building some prayer tower. It's just keeping your house of God going and ministering to the needs. But how many know that that's enough for me? I think one of the most neglected ministries in all of the parachurch ministry is the local church. So let's give to the house of God. And so if you today can do something significant, maybe give $100, maybe give $1,000. That would be awesome. But let's believe God today that this bill will be taken care of this morning. And I'll be able to report to you on Thursday night, look what the Lord has done. And we will give Him thanks with a grateful heart. Father, thank You for the people today. Thank You for the blessing that You are to us. Use this offering now for Your glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. While we're receiving that, let me just say this to you as well. You're here struggling with addictions, alcoholism, memories, painful memories. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got struggles in your marriage. Uh, maybe you have thoughts of suicide, tormenting things in your mind, nightmares, waking, waking up in the middle of the night, tormented, sweating, waking up, cold sweats. I believe the Holy Ghost is here to minister to you and to bring healing to you. This is your opportunity to start a new life. This is an opportunity to start a new day. So we're going to go into ministry right now. Maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, but you could do that today before you leave. Wouldn't that be great to be born again Christian on the way home? You say, honey, I went to church and guess what? Oh, I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. And you could do that. Pastor Troy is going to come and minister to you in that way. We're so thankful for all that you've done. Thank you for your generosity to this house. Thank you for standing with us and believing with us. I know that God is going to do great things for Lorraine, Ohio. How many believe that with me? Amen. 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 Pastor Troy.
lead us in prayer and take us to the throne of grace. Why don't you uh, stand to your feet after you've given? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're so grateful this morning for your grace. You're such a gracious Lord. We're so thankful. We're so thankful that we have a way to you. Lord, if there be any in here right now that, that don't know you, we pray that we would take this moment to call upon the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus. That conviction would sweep through this room for the lost, and those who have slidden backwards in you, Lord. Thank you for your presence today and your favor upon our lives. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Altar ministers are coming now if you should need prayer for anything at all. We want to minister to you. God is very good to us. His grace is so sufficient. If you need prayer for healing, anything at all, these prayer warriors want to pray with you. If you have any questions about the ministry, baptism, foundations of faith, small groups, you meet our elders at the back at the lit tables. They'll explain any questions you might have. Maybe you have some questions about the gates of the ministry thereof. You can visit us at the table. We'll answer any of those questions.